Hello, everybody, and welcome to another award-winning episode of Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. We are so blessed to be with you. And is that a foreshadowing or prophetic that well, this is award-winning? Comment on that in just a moment. Once you roll off exactly what we're all about. Gotcha. If you would like to join us to go more deeply into this great adventure of marriage and family, we ask you to go to ilovemyfamily.us and check out what you will find there is what, Mr. Greg? A livid gathering guide, which is one of many tools to help us more fully discover God alive in our marriages and families. And we're going to do just that. So hold tight. We are going to go deep into God's love for us in this livid gathering guide corresponding to next Sunday readings. So again, check that out. I love my family.us. I just love that proclamation. I know we say it, but, um, and have pointed that out before, but words are important and words have meaning and words are powerful. And so just that proclamation and declaration, I love my family.us, of course, but just, we need that more and more in our culture and in our world. And especially at the beginning of this new year, right? Like who doesn't want to grow more fully and um, more authentically in love of family and all that that brings, (laughs) which can be very messy sometimes, but it's just awesome. I love my family.us. Proclaim it. So you were holding me accountable for my adjective award winning that I began the program with, and I'm simply referring to, maybe lightly, I'll be honest, a few weeks ago, Spotify recognized us as one of the top podcasts of 2022 and of course when i shared that with you you didn't i didn't believe me you didn't believe me like (laughs) really we're just a podunk little radio program that uh reaches really throughout the world apparently and they gave us the stats i don't follow stats very closely but our program in 2022 is one of the top 10 in terms of shares and follows so it gave this breakdown of all of the stats and we're very grateful right so many people listen to this program we are so grateful for you who listen to this on a regular basis and share it with others. Why? Because we're about that ultimate encounter with God who is love in the context that he gives us. We keep saying this. We acknowledge we're on the journey ourselves. We're married with seven children, one of whom is in heaven. We've been on this journey a long time. We've been on great spiritual events, great retreats, read great books, all of which are so edifying and uplifting, more now than ever before in history. But the big question following all those is, okay, now what? When you ask somebody the question, when do you encounter God, many will point to that amazing retreat that they went on. We ask the question, uh, or we are about making that encounter ongoing in your home, in your marriage and family. So again, echoing as we're going to tonight, um, really making a commitment in this new year. Uh, Lent isn't too far away, no, I hate to say not. that, but uh, to really engage ilovemyfamily.us in the Live It Gathering Guide. So tonight, folks, before we dive into the Live It Gathering Guide, again, a great opportunity to talk and pray. And uh, you can already begin to join us by going to ilovemyfamily.us. I simply want to make a statement. What if every struggle and challenge that we face right now, personal, marriage, family, world, financial, business, sports, whatever it is, when we read the paper, right, beginning to end, you see struggles and challenges. What if we responded to them 
in the same way we responded to number three, Damar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills last week. Which of us aren't familiar with the uh, circumstance in the first quarter where this stellar football player uh, made a tackle and immediately had a cardiac arrest and how the entire those who were tuned in, millions tuned in, and the multi-million dollar industry literally bowed to the value of his life. There was grave concern that he would, you know, of his living or dying. He had great medical attention, but there was real concern. And the world seemed to stand still if you were tuned in during those 15, 20, 30 minutes and really up till uh, the later hours of last Friday where he woke from, if you will, an induced coma in very critical condition. We continued to pray for him. But what an amazing witness of what uh, the best of God's people, the best of the world, the best of Americans looks like. That huddle of players from both sides of the field, from different backgrounds, different races, um, huddled together, seeking God's grace. And even in secular TV stations that will remain nameless, um, how, again, contrasting this by a year earlier, where they would shift off if somebody spoke of God, or on football fields, they rarely captured um, you know, the huddle, the holy huddle at the end where people would gather and pray. They captured the kneeling down in the protest right but they didn't capture the prayer but for a few relatively short minutes the world is captivated and recognized their need for prayer on major network stations um there on the field itself and what a great gift for the world to see god's answer many use the word miracle damar hamlin what if we approach all of our problems the same way um just echoing a little bit of what you said with uh in the not too distant past where to say, hold someone in your prayers on, you know, national TV was looked down upon by many. But on one of the commentators on ESPN, like totally not just said to pray for him or encouraged people or sent, like he stopped and Mm. prayed a beautiful heartfelt prayer Mm -hmm. on national TV. And um, that was just very moving. And so just want to shout out and recognize that that is God's movements in front of us, and we need to praise him for those victories that um, he gives to us. So another significant event that took place last week, of course, was the passing of our beloved then Pope Emeritus, Pope Benedict XVI. Now with his passage, we refer to him as Pope Benedict XVI. And what a tremendous gift to mm-hmm. the church uh, in the tumultuous years, right, as Cardinal Ratzinger, who presided really over this fundamental truth that we can't create, but in whom we are created. You know, people will give somebody a hard time for being a bearer of that truth, but he articulated that truth with such love and such clarity in times where let's face it the culture wanted to say truth is whatever i want it to be and truth if we look at it clearly and study any biography of any person who's ever lived we recognize we can't so much break truth we can't break the moral law we can only break ourselves against it so woven into this truth that pope benedict really is iconic in communicating is love is desiring the good of another which of us don't have temptations that merit our self-control that would be in the moral life right? Which of us don't face, whether it's pornography, extramarital sex, the biggies, right? Or even in our thought world, in our desire world, the church reveals a truth of our nature in Christ for us to have intimacy with God, the fulfillment of our being. That is the purpose why Christ, why we're fashioned in his image, why he came to this earth. We celebrated recently in Christmas, and soon we're going to enter into Lent again, uh, that passage uh, of death into life. Cardinal Ratzinger, 
Pope Benedict XVI, with profound love, was such a messenger and prophet mm-hmm. of that truth, regardless of what the world said around him. And I think his his courage and his clarity is going to continue to reverberate. I love the um, image of John Paul II and then Cardinal Ratzinger mm-hmm. together as dear, dear friends, right? So just mm-hmm. that gift of friendship, holy friendship, um, just so beautiful. But the the story was after JP2 passed, um, and Cardinal then Cardinal Ratzinger gave an incredibly beautiful moving homily at his funeral. Um, when the cardinals then came together after that to elect a new pope, um, you had Cardinal Ratzinger, who assumed that he would be done with his service mm-hmm. at the Vatican. He mm-hmm. had been the head of the congregation, the doctrine of the faith. Yep. And... Um, and spend the rest of his time in prayer and in writing and reading and all those things um, that are also gifts to the church, right? And as the the ballots, if you will, were coming in and it looked more and more as if he was to be the chosen next pontiff, um, he was not excited <laughs> as the story goes and just really not desiring that at all. And one of his fellow cardinals um, said to him, whether it was through a note or a conversation, I don't remember the details anymore, but um, basically pointed out that in that homily that he gave at JP2's funeral, he had pointed out that John Paul II went wherever he was called. Mm. He followed the Lord's will and and did it with joy. And so this fellow cardinal said to him, now it is your turn to follow. Mm. And so he received that gift of the pontificate and beautifully served for eight years until, you know, his health and other issues came upon him. But just what an example of all the places that the Lord calls us to in life that we may not necessarily choose or desire, Mm -hmm. but that yes brings about so much grace and so much goodness and um, just the Lord's will to be done unto us. So before you read his testament, which is very moving, There is a question that lingers maybe over many Catholics, and that is, why did he leave? Uh, What were were the circumstances? And you kind of touched on that, Stephanie, that his heart was always one of doing the will of the Father. And as one who is prefect for the doctrine of the faith, definitely understood that um, discernment is not simply a misguided emotion or feeling. It operates within... Uh, shall we say, bounds, guidelines that are objective and true and good. A great article on this was recently written by my former classmate, good friend, Father Roger Landry. He was one of the commentators on ES, uh, EWTN during the funeral in the National Catholic Register. Just look up Benedict Sixteenth, Roger Landry, L-A-N-D-R-Y. But the first paragraph that Father Roger says is, Pope Benedict Sixteenth was the greatest theologian to occupy the chair of Peter since at least Pope St. Leo the Great, which dates back to the 5th century, 440 to 461. The Catholic Church in future centuries may find Pope Benedict's papal and pre-papal contributions even greater than the one whose writings on the Incarnation are still pondered every Christmas and whose tome brought the Christological controversies of the 4th and 5th centuries to a close. So he goes in and sets up, you know, why, what is the controversy maybe surrounding this? And this, the thesis of this article, again, is essentially that 
Um, maybe he shocked the Cardinals by his declaration. Um, he says, after having repeatedly examined my conscience before God, I have come to the certainty that my strengths, due to an advanced age, are no longer suited to an uh, adequate exercise of the Petrine ministry. Of course, that word Petrine, Peter ministry, given to us by Christ, Matthew 16, 18, upon this rock, I will build my church. His final paragraph, and again, I leave it to you to read in greater detail, Father Rogers, I think exemplary analysis of this. He says, Pope Benedict was convinced to the end that he had made the right decision in conscience. Those who admire the enormous God-given gifts of faith, wisdom, and courage and love for the truth he displayed over the course of his first 85 years ought to trust in how he exercised them in the biggest decision of his papacy and life. He concludes, and we pray that the crucial work in love of the church he began at 8.10 p.m. on February 28, 2013 continues in the Father's house. Thank you, Father Landry. That's beautiful. Just so beautiful. Um, I've read different things in the last days, and um, we are blessed to have close friends in an order that has served Pope Benedict and mm -hmm. helped to take care of his brother when he was alive and such. And um, those articles and their personal testimony speak of the importance and deep love that Benedict had for the Liturgy of the Hours and mm. Holy Mass. And, you know, speaking of the Liturgy of the Hours, apparently he would literally take hours to pray with mm. each word. And so, I, gosh, like the gift that he gave the church in these last 10 years um, in prayer for us and just in attunement with God, you know he was praying for the church, right? Mm. You know he was praying for individual souls. You know he was praying for Pope Francis and others, right? So just the great gift and we can't... Um, look too lightly upon that. So apparently, and I am a forever a student, um, I did not realize that uh, with each new pope, they are asked to write a spiritual testament that's only to be read upon their death. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to, I haven't done it yet, looking up John Paul II, mm. for example, and some other popes. Um, but when I came across this one, it was released shortly after his death, um, just very beautiful and so moving and I think is very timely and what we want to, if we get to it, <laughs> you and I are just kind of chit-chatting here with you all, um, just the importance of family. So, Pope Benedict's Spiritual Testament. When at this late hour of my life, I look back on the decades I have wandered through, I see first of all how much reason I have to give thanks Above all, I thank God himself, the giver of all good gifts, who has given me life and guided me through all kinds of confusion, mm -hmm. who has always picked me up when I began to slip, who has always given me anew the light of his countenance. In retrospect, I see and understand that even the dark and arduous stretches of this path were for my salvation and that he guided me well in those very stretches. He continues, I thank my parents who gave me life in difficult times and prepared a wonderful home for me with their love, which shines through all my days as a bright light until today. My father's clear-sighted faith taught us brothers and sisters to believe and stood firm as a guide in the midst of all my scientific knowledge. My mother's heartfelt piety 
and great kindness remain a legacy for which I cannot thank her enough. My sister has served me selflessly and full of kind concern for decades. My brother has always paved the way for me with the clear-sightedness of his judgments, with his powerful determination, and with the cheerfulness of his heart. Without this ever-new going ahead and going along, I would not have been able to find the right path. I thank God from the bottom of my heart for the many friends, men, and women whom he has always placed at my side, for the co-workers at all stages of my path, for the teachers and students he has given me. I gratefully entrust them all to his goodness. Mm. And I would like to thank the Lord for my beautiful home in the Bavarian foothills mm. of the Alps, in which I was able to see the splendor of the Creator himself shining through time and again. I thank the people of my homeland for allowing me to experience the beauty of faith time and again. I pray that our country will remain a country of faith. And I ask you, dear compatriots, not to let your faith be distracted. Finally, I thank God for all the beauty I was able to experience during the various stages of my journey, mm. but especially in Rome and in Italy, which has become my second home. I ask for forgiveness from the bottom of my heart, from all those whom I have wronged in some way. What I said earlier of my compatriots, I now say to all who were entrusted to my service in the church, stand firm in the faith. Do not be confused. Often it seems as if science on the one hand, the natural sciences, on the other, historical research, especially the exegesis of the Holy Scriptures, has irrefutable insights to offer that are contrary to the Catholic faith. I have witnessed from times long past the changes in natural science and have seen how apparent certainties against the faith vanished, proving themselves not to be science but philosophical interpretations, only apparently belonging to science, just as, moreover, it is in dialogue with the natural sciences that faith has learned to understand the limits of its scope and its affirmations and thus its own specificity. For 60 years now, I've accompanied the path of theology, especially biblical studies, and have seen seemingly unshakable these collapse with the changing generations, which turn out to be mere hypothesis. The liberal generation, he gives some uh, names of, of thinkers, the existentialist generation, the Marxist generation, I have seen and see how out of the tangle of hypotheses, the reasonableness of faith has emerged and is emerging anew. Jesus Christ is truly the way, the truth, and the life, and the church, in all her shortcomings, is truly his body. Finally, I humbly ask, pray for me, so that the Lord may admit me to the eternal dwellings, despite all my sins and shortcomings. For all those entrusted to me, my heartfelt prayer goes out day after day. With no further ado, we are going to turn to our Live It Gathering Guide. And let me just give you a, an image, if you will, of what this is about, the gift that it offers you. Many of us today experience a languishing. We experience, even if we go to church and prayer rosaries, we experience kind of a hydroplaning, right? We're on the road, the wheels are turning, we're kind of going in a direction but maybe we're just missing that connection. And for that malady, that disconnect, God gives us one another. He gives us relationships through which we encounter our nature of who we are, Trinitarian nature in Him. And so this Living Gathering Guide, in its essence, does require kind of uh, an audacity 
to say, okay, instead of just going through this week like we have every week before us, where we just let the digital stuff around us, the pixelation around us uh, to dictate our lives, we're going to make some decisions and gather together and really, quite frankly, do what was much more common 34 years ago. We're going to gather together and meaningfully connect about meaningful things. In this case, it's guided by this coming Sunday readings. So as we like to say, if you did nothing more then just gathered with your loved ones in your house, set aside that time and read the readings, it's going to prove to be very formidable and fruitful when in mass, they're going to hear them again. Um, but of course, the guide is meant to um, be an occasion to go deeper. And um, what do I mean by that? Not just like this, this heady intellectual, ooh, you're so deep. No, I mean a sense of that inner awakening where one um, feels when they're in the conversation, this is, there's really no place I'd rather be. Like something is probing my depths. It's these people in my home that I love who love me in spite of our challenges and difficulties. And I'm feeling, if you will, a sense of the best version of myself. Is that not the kind of people we choose to be around? Will we not desire that of our family? Let's face it, it's more difficult sometimes mm. with family members. But um, do we not want to be with people who help us to experience the best versions of ourselves? So I, at the outset, uh, age 55, father of six living, grandfather, I'm going to just proclaim that, that sometimes that is most difficult with those in your family, but it is precisely that challenge that is an occasion to uh, break through and experience all the greater grace. So, Live It Gathering Guide, I Love My Family.us. The rules themselves, three simple rules my wife's going to go through. If you never even get to the Live It Gathering Guide, these rules, guides, I might even say, are guides for just good encounter time with those we love. So, very briefly, I know in uh, past episodes, we've really explained them, so you can look that up. Maybe, Greg, you can put that in the show notes or something, um, the link to something of explanation in a little more depth. Um, but three simple rules, love, environment, and make it your own. So, the first one, love, just that simple rule, lifelong lesson of respecting others, not interrupting listening with interest and care and encouragement. So eyeball to eyeball without distraction, which comes into the rule two, the environment. Um, don't allow conflicting media or phones in particular to be a distraction. Mm. Get rid of them. Put them in a different room. Lock them up in jail. <laughs> Do something with them. Um, sometimes nice music is nice in the background or whatever, if you like, but whatever. We've never done that, but I'm sure no, it could be No, but cool. you know what I'm saying? So, like, if you yeah. want to use it for that, maybe. But um, uh, lighting a candle is awesome. Have a specific prayer candle. Um, however you want to make that environment special in a uh, without distraction. You can even have fun snacks or you like to say fun beverages or good beverages, whatever that means. <laughs> but whatever. It, Single malt scotch for go. the four-year-old. There you go. Um, so whatever sets aside that sacred place and time to make it special. And three, make it your own. Like Greg said, you don't have to do the whole thing. It's awesome if you're able to, but however you need to tweak it for ages, for time frame, dividing it up, um, you know, adding your own personal touches to it, it's just a guide. Do what works best for you and your family. So, Steph, it begins with the live it fun questions. Throw your number at me, Steph, one to 50. Um, 43. 43. What do you hope family and friends say about you when you're gone? So I would hope that they would say that I loved. That you loved. 
Not that you played and made supple? <laughs> well, see, love is is incarnated in many forms. So love of my God, my Lord and Savior, love of my spouse, that'd be you, my awesome husband, love of my family, love of friends. But just, I guess that was my simple way to answer that. It's that a good I loved one. well. I did evoke that story. You have to share the story now since it was that season of snow falling. So our son, Dominic, when he was just a little guy, um, since the time he was tiny, tiny, though, he always preferred Greg, <laughs> just adored and loved his dad beyond anything. And so we were living in Erie, Pennsylvania, and um, which gets a ton of snow. And so one morning he came out of his little bedroom toddling and in our picture window notices that we had a huge snowstorm through the night and it was just this beautiful blanket of white and um, again, just God's glory in his creation. And he, his eyes were just so wide and the delight that just was exploding from him. He looked at me and he said, mommy, look what daddy did. Because, of course, <laughs> all good things come from dad, and he was the only one who could have ever made that happen, which actually was very affirming and cool because that was his relationship with God the Father, mm. right? Like, you were the first introduction to that. So, of course, in my humility, I was like, hmm, so if daddy makes snow, <laughs> what, does, what does mommy do? And he paused and he said, you make supper? And you pray. So I guess I'm a Martha and a Mary. <laughs> so I cook and I pray. But at least prayer was in there, right? So to punctuate what they say about you, may say about you on your deathbed uh, or after you've died, if you will, um, I think you're on track and certainly brings so much love to all of us. If I can throw in that amazing affirmation oh, how much you love us. Um, Give and me a obviously, number. Well, I just have to say also that just to, to parents out there, what a nice sentiment when they're young. The challenges happen as they get older and realize how flawed and fallible mm. and imperfect we are. And hopefully they come to see in themselves their own flaws. And we've been blessed. We've talked about on this program. You know, our youngest is now Dominic is now 17. And so working through those years of self-awareness, self-discovery to hand the baton off is a parent's, parent's greatest challenge, right? That I am imperfect and you're imperfect and let's be on this journey together and seek God together. So just kind of a punctuation mark as you tell that beautiful story and how that, if you will, fairy tale-esque version of dad in some sense needs to break because uh, it, it's sort of the seeds of, a, of turning toward, toward his heavenly father. Yeah, but I like <clears throat> to just rest there for a little bit in good memory, happy right. memory. Indeed. So I would have picked number 37. If I could be either a recording star or a movie star or an Ignite Radio Live host. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Kidding. Recording star or movie star? Which one and why? Both are very attractive to me. And I think for the right reasons. I love the ultimate drama. I won't go into my heart, but just how every drama ever told has the DNA of life, death, resurrection, Pentecost. And that's always appealed to me. You're going Acting has. Um, <laughs> and, and singing, uh, music, worship uh, is the language of the soul, the ancients have said. There's something powerful about it. Um, I'm going to go with, I think, recording star. I was thinking about this 
last week on my Friday run uh, quite a distance and listening to music after listening to the Michael Schmitz uh, Catechism in a Year podcast. It was a long run, so I had gotten through two days of, by the way, check that out, Catechism in the Year with Father Michael Schmitz. It's it's a remarkable uh, tour into the depths of God's love for us in the faith. I'm really going on some tangents here, but really worth plugging into on a daily basis. He's going through this as he went through the Bible in a year last year. Just kudos to the Ascension people and, um, and uh, that program. Anyway, so listen to that, ran out of space and listen to music, praise and worship, and it really touched me. And I had a vision uh, reinforced of the power of of, um, music that leads us into the heart of the Father. In heaven, we read in Revelations, right? We're going to be before the throne of God worshiping Him. And how really just that currency of worship, if that could move through our minds and hearts all the time, like if it could capture the way we think about people around us, um, if it could form us, Pretty amazing. And of course, this week we're in Tennessee, Nashville, uh, with Joseph, who is signing with Provident, um, the same label as Casting Crowns and Matt Maher. And so please pray for our son, Seth Schleter, and uh, very grateful and blessed by God's gifts and how he gives God glory. And I just, in this monologue, have to add one more point. I'm glad to see your little smiley smirk there because you know more I'm monologuing here. More of a smirk than a smile, <clears throat> but All right, I'll take well, it. I'll take the smirk. <laughs> Lovely um, smirk. Um, just, you know, as a father for somebody who has this gift that could put him, put, is going to put him in a prominent place, what is most moving to me is knowing at our house or any other place, his first thought, his first breath every morning is substantial time in prayer. He is up early. He's reading scripture. He's still and silent before God. That is his treasure. That's where he is. Um, it puts his flag in the sand, if you will. And regardless of how God may use that to flow into the rest of his life in any way, I'm confident that he has found that deep intimacy, that surpassing knowledge of his Father and Heaven's love for him, and um, and knows its value. And so, honestly, okay, the music is wonderful. I pray that God does continue to bless many through that worship. But just to know that at least in that anchoring with God, that he finds a sufficiency there will hopefully stem the temptations to narcissism, if you will, or pride or prima donnaism, which we can all face. So the next part, daily questions, where everyone goes around and shares an answer to the following, something you're grateful for, a recent victory, a current challenge, an affirmation of someone or something meaningful happening. Now I say all of them. It's awesome if you're able to, if someone wants to pick one of them this is where making it your own kind of comes into play Mm. or someone picks one for the person to the right of them or you know which two jumped out at you or just pick pick one or two and make that the question of your gathered time so greg what would you like to to answer you tell me you're leading i like to follow by the way it's great when your kids become familiar with this Assign them leadership of the whole Livic guide. Let them guide. It's pretty cool. So I'm assigning you. Pope Benedict's beautiful um, testament. He speaks throughout it of gratitude. So I mm-hmm. think in in his honor, and hopefully it's something easy that most um, everyone, even newbies, if you will, won't have a difficult time answering, um, but something you're grateful for. I'm going to be very uh, tangible, if you will, and say material provision. 
What father doesn't have concerns over providing materially for his wife and kids? We speak often of spirituality, but let's not dismiss that to provide physically and materially is a very key thing. And particularly in our role, when we moved, if you will, nine years ago from from my company and capacity to provide in those, those ways. to ten. Well, ten, right? This uh-huh. this month marks ten years of living in Toledo. Um, so you guys can all pray for us and celebrate with us. Uh, but I will say to move from that place of of at least the illusion of self-sustainability. It's really an illusion because we always, even those in big business, depend upon one another. But to a place of mission-mindedness and seeking benevolence from others in the mission, um, we've got a long ways to go, and we do encourage you to support us and partner with us. I love my family.us. Click on partner. But the degree to which many have made it possible, made it possible for us to continue this mission and this ministry to so many, which simultaneously has been the wind uh, in the sails of all of our children like all of you who have blessed us in this mission in any way uh have also been occasions of us being able to bless our children and to bless all the families we're connected with so profoundly deeply humbly grateful to you all awesome um give me something meaningful happening and then you can pick two oh well this month of January is overflowing, right? It feels like a font of grace that's pouring forth in this year. We already spoke of Pope Benedict. We didn't expect the Damar Hamlin. Uh, great, powerful example reverberating really throughout the world. I think of secular people coming together and praying. I thank God for that unanticipated. I mean, this month, um, of course, now we're in Tennessee with Joseph signing with uh, Sony and praying blessing on him in Damascus. So um, that's very meaningful. Uh, I would say in this, we're going to be going to the Rose Dinner in Washington, D.C., so grateful for the pro-life warriors who have sustained this movement for so many years, blessed in particular by Jeff Barefoot. Shout um, out to Jeff. <clears throat> and and sure. uh, yes, and all those, Peter Range, of course, Ohio Right to Life Society, all those who are holding up the banner, Kevin Kelly, my dad, many others who are really um, inviting us to engage all the more. So meaningful. Those are all being punctuated in this January month. And um, I'd say also the plans that we're having with our great family leaders in talking about how can we help more families and support them in saying yes to making their homes that kind of place. I mean, we believe every family wants that, right? Uh, and how to help them actually do that. That's what we're about. And um, that's all very meaningful to me. Awesome. So you get to choose for me. How about that? Well, I'm going to ditto it. So something you're grateful for. Oh, um, I am grateful for tradition. First word that came to mind, thinking about this past holiday season and still amidst it in many ways. Um, just beautiful, faith-filled traditions that um, I was blessed to be a part of. And I think my grandma um, <laughs> in a special way, Grandma Goss, Rose Goss, um, shout out for you, Colin. Um, but, uh, and just what you and I were so blessed to make our own, mm. right? As our, as our marriage and family life started and watching, um, in particular, our daughter, Annie and her husband, Colin and their daughter, Magdalena, our precious little granddaughter, um, just kind of embrace it. So mm. I think from this side of it now, seeing the root, the rootedness of it and the importance and so glad that we made the choices that we did mm. that continues to blossom. And I know that's kind of vague, but just thinking of that great communion of saints that just totally ties in with that and um, just grateful for that. Something meaningful. 
Gosh. Um, so we are amidst our last year of homeschooling. Mm. <laughs> so as we're entering in the final semester, if you will. So a great exhale that goes along with that? <laughs> it may have been. So again, I guess I tag that along with gratitude um, that we were uh, blessed with the great gift of homeschooling for our family and the abundance of graces and blessings mm. amidst many challenges. Mm -hmm. um, wouldn't change that for the world. If anything, I'd go earlier <laughs> mm. or something. But um, so just kind of a lot of reflection and meaning and what these last years have been about. And um, just the few months ahead, again, grateful for the gift of it and looking forward to wrapping it up in all honesty. And so if you need homeschooling books or, <laughs> you know, I think many people have already requested dibs um but um yeah just it's kind of just god's hand and his plan and i don't know if that really answers it because i don't have words quite mm. to put on it but um the closing of a chapter in many ways is very meaningful mm, and knowing sure. that the lord um just continues the story in even more profound ways and just a punk thank you for that, obviously, as your husband resonating with that as one who's worked substantially at home and been blessed to partner. You've been a great <clears> principal. In many regards. Uh, funny stories associated with that. I'll just use our dear Grace, for example, who, um, for whatever reason, I don't even know what the circumstances were, but ended up sending her down. Either she was being too much of a distraction or not being um, cooperative enough, but sending her down to your office, which is funny because we did call you the principal. She got sent <laughs> to the principal's office. Um, no, just like, okay, you need to go down to dad's office, you know, and, and of course, do your work Of I have no idea there. what happened. So, and it was more, you know, like they were supposed to, like I'm picturing her with spelling words or something. So she was little. And uh, so we find out later that she just literally went down and kind of hid like behind the door or <laughs> and, and she did her schoolwork, but never mentioned the fact to her dad, who's very intense when he's working, um, in particular, um, that that even was a thing. So I guess you had to be there. But. Yeah, no, very cute. Very cute. So, um, folks, you are tuned into Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. Blessed to be named as one of the top podcasts of 2022. Some great programs you can check out at radio, uh, igniteradiolive.com. Become a partner by clicking on that partner tab. And we're going through really the core tool that we offer to help marriages and families, homes, become places of ever-deepening encounter. This tool is good questions that bring the family together to reflect upon the subsequent Sunday readings. And uh, we are doing the one corresponding to this coming Sunday. Sunday uh, so far, Stephanie provided the three rules. We did the daily questions, and now we're going into kind of the substance of it. Those are things that you can do not just in the guide during that set time, which mm. is great if you do, but you don't have to do them just once a week. You know, actually, that's why they're called daily questions. Mm -hmm. We encourage you to do them every day, whether it's in the car, whether it's around the table, eating whatever meal you're eating together um, at any point in time. Right. Just to get that conversation going, to teach families that language 
of love and opening up and just free flow conversation and hitting things more than, you know, the weather, or the sporting event or this, that or the other thing, the homework that needs to be done, but just to really um, break the ice to go there. And the fun questions are exactly that they mm-hmm. can just be done at any time, you know, they can stand alone, they can be part of the full guide. Um, but we encourage you to do those as often as you're able, because mm-hmm. it really does till the soil to go more deeply, in particular into the readings and such. Amen. So going into the heart of it now, we typically begin with apologies, um, and that is doing what? Well, we believe God's grace, we use the metaphor of Niagara Falls, that there's this force, this power of God's grace constantly pressing in on us. And the question isn't necessarily, God, pour forth your grace. He's doing that constantly right now. The question is, what are the obstacles that stand in the way? And really three big things, an absence of apology, an absence of forgiveness, and this area of just um, whispers, lies to us, things that we need to name and renounce, lies about our identity and nature. Those three are those are three very big things. And so, um, so we can really enter into more meaningful connection with our families. We want to foster in our homes a culture of apology and forgiveness. And I might even add of prompt apology and forgiveness. Uh, and as our children were younger, I want to say they actually looked forward to our gathering every night when we begin prayer with apology and forgiveness. Um, so begin with, okay, who needs to apologize? And we go around and of course, those who, uh, it does develop a little bit of spiritual fortitude, right? It takes a little bit of audacity to kind of own up to something, especially in your family. And then after that round, if it was kind of quiet, we'd say, okay, who needs to tell somebody that they offended you? And oh, by the way, you can't excuse it or give reasons just simply say you know stephanie in my case you hurt me when so uh those two settings for this have been enormously powerful and we've heard that from many families who have done the live it gathering guide that piece so steph just as an example i apologize to you maybe an hour and a half ago you shared with me something that one of our children did and told me not to say something and it just kind of slipped out of my mouth that i told this particular child um if you will, uh, something that that she had done, not of sin or anything like that, but just it was meant to be anonymous. So I, if you'll betrayed your trust or confidence in saying, don't share this with this child, and I did, and you were very gracious about it. You said, oh, by the way. I said, just <clears> a reminder. <laughs> it was very gentle. <laughs> I forgive you. And, and uh, so I, I apologize for that, and I just want to acknowledge, keep it real, right? In this context of folks who are listening, men, women, maybe it happens more with men, where maybe something slips that was entrusted to us or in confidence, and that is a significant thing, You're right? We want to build up trust, and so I thank you for your mercy. Do you need to apologize to me for anything? Actually, I'm Probably thinking not. about three or four things, but I'll stick to one. Okay. So, Gregory, Gregory Richard. <coughs> Excuse well, me. I got the full name. Usually, no. that's when I'm being reprimanded. Um, I want to apologize to you um, for, in the midst of a lot of busyness and activity and things that both are needed and other things I've taken upon myself, um, that I haven't put you at the forefront of where you mm. Um, not just deserve to be, but where you are and not expressing that so well. Wow, it's very meaningful. So you are my priority and I apologize for when I've not placed you there. I forgive you. Thanks. You're amazing. Thank you. Steph, will you lead us then? So apologies. We're on to number two now. If you're again, following us at ilovemyfamily.us, click on that gathering guide uh, on that first page and it has an opening prayer. 
Lord God, how about in the name of the Father and the Son, Son and, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. I just, okay, I'm going to go off on a tangent. <laughs> the power of the sign of the cross that we have in mm-hmm. particular as Catholics who express it. Um, I know you and I both get kind of a little, uh, even in church when we do prayers before Mass or whatever, mm. and there's not a sign Absence. of the cross. Yep. Um, it's powerful. Satan runs from it. And it's a reminder of our baptism in a special way. And you know, we claim ourselves under that cross. Mm-hmm. You know, it is the sign of the cross, the Trinity. So I just encourage you um, throughout the day even just to make the sign of the cross, but especially in acknowledgement of entering into prayer. Amen. So let's try it again. <laughs> in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for the wonderful gift of our family. Help us to know that you are truly present with us here and now, listening to us, desiring us to more fully discover you and our love for one another. Teach us of kindness, patience, mercy, and forgiveness. Help us now to really open our hearts to experience you. We recommit ourselves to becoming who we were made to be, individually and as a family. Thank you for creating our family in your image and giving us the mission of making your love known to the world. Amen. In the the name name of the the Father, Father, Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Then, part three, we have a new Live It video every week. It's rarely more than three or four minutes. And we have stars. We have star families who have agreed every week to kind of tap a key idea from the gospel and do a fun, family, relevant kind of story uh, of their family experience to put together that story and combine it with a little message. And so they literally do this on their cell phones. Now the the technology, the resolution is sufficient that they'll send that in to me and I put it together, produce it in this Live It family video. You can see this week's uh, at, again, I love my family.us. Little kids in particular like this because they see their peers. They see their peers do this. And then we have life application questions from the readings. And then there are great questions, three after each reading. One is a personal thing, one is a communal thing. Mm-hmm. And and then there's a go around, which we'll explain when we get to it. So this coming Sunday, for instance, is the baptism of the Lord, which Pope John Paul II added to the luminous mysteries, the very first luminous mystery. So we can reflect upon it that way also. But for tonight, again, this is that third rule, make it your own. Um, typically, families with limited time are going to begin with just the gospel. And the first question to front load it, you ask your family maybe to think about what struck you challenged you or inspired you? What questions did it raise? So again, typically per reading, you'll do that and focus on that particular reading. Tonight, with the time that we have, Steph and I are going to alternate doing the first and second reading and the gospel because they are woven together. Again, the uh, Christ's baptism. And um, and we'll, we'll then discuss what struck you, challenged you, inspired you, what questions did it raise? So the first reading is from Isaiah. The Lord said to me, you are my servant. Israel, through whom I show my glory. Now the Lord has spoken, who formed me as his servant from the womb, that Jacob may be brought back to him, and Israel gathered to him. And I am made glorious in the sight of the Lord, and my God is now my strength. It is too little, the Lord says, for you to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. I will make you a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. 
the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Sothenes, our brother, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to you who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be holy, with all those everywhere who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And a reading from the gospel according to John. Glory, Glory to, to you, O Lord. Lord. And it's so good to make that sign of the cross, Lord, be on my mind, on my lips, and in my heart, even if it's outside a Mass. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me, who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I did not know him. But the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whom you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. So again, at ilovemyfamily.us, we are doing the readings coming up, corresponding this coming Sunday. And this is sort of the concluding part of our Live It Gathering Guide, where we're asking questions. There are three. What struck you, challenged you, inspired you? What questions did it raise? So, Steph, what struck you, challenged you, inspired you? There's what questions did it raise? <laughs> um so a lot of times what we do also, which we're not going to do now, is um, we reread, like say we're just doing the gospel, we reread it, and um, which sometimes will spark even more thoughts because sometimes it's good to hear something more than once. Um, so what jumped out at me, actually, I'm going to pull from the second reading and the gospel, um, so the the phrase called to be holy, I was just having a conversation with somebody last week, how we pray to be holy, right? To grow in holiness. Mm. And that is our, our ultimate calling, which is rooted in love, right? But we strive for holiness. We are created um, to know love and serve God in this world, to be happy with him forever in the next, right? That's holiness mm. and to be set apart. And, you know, as much as we pray for that or know the truth of that, how often and I'm going to just speak in the first person, <laughs> when the Lord gives me opportunities to grow in holiness, it's just like, seriously? Mm. <laughs> you know, or they're not recognized as opportunities to grow in holiness, just more of inconveniences or annoyances or whatever. But to, to look at everything um, in that light is such a good thing, mm. right? Like all these opportunities to grow closer to mm. the Lord in holiness. And then in the, the same reading, um, will of God, right? The will of God. Ultimately, that the will of God is for us to be saints, right? Mm. To be holy. But I came across a quote. It was in some prayer devotional something the other day. Father, um, in these last days of Christmas or something like that, do in me what you must 
in order to do through me what you will. Mm. Pause on that a second. Let's just drink that in and speak it again. So the whole idea of praying that God, our good and gracious God, will do in me what he must in order to do through me what he will. So just tying together the will of God and holiness, right? To make us holy, to make mm. us set apart so that we may be um, better instruments of his plan, of his grace, of his will for our own lives and those around us and ultimately to bring him the honor and glory. So second reading, will of God and our call mm. to holiness really jumped out. Um, and then the gospel, and I know we don't have a lot of time left, but so I'll just pick one thing, just the phrase, behold the Lamb of God, mm. which obviously is directly in our Mass, taken directly from here, right? Mm. And um, a story from one of our son's friends who was at a Mass who was not Catholic, and he was kind of considering, but going back and forth, and it was actually um, during the t that part of the Mass, the Holy Mass, where the priest elevates the Eucharist, and he says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And it was in that moment that the Lord convicted his heart. Mm. And so I think of the Jewish people of the day, right? They were so familiar with sacrificing lambs and expiation for sin. Mm. And so trying to hear that through the ear of that time frame mm -hmm. of the Jewish people is so profound and so beautiful. And just the whole literal and symbolic meaning you know, of that phrase. So just that really struck me, um, feeling that the Lord wants me to meditate on that. Even I love more that. Deeply. And, you know, I have to say, uh, beautiful inside stuff and um, food for thought. I have to say, for me, an ongoing consideration has been while I'm in the midst of prayer, you and I, of course, have some substantial prayer every morning. And I ask myself the question, how can I make this the fabric of my mind and my heart, right? How can I, you know, make this a fire that continues to burn beyond the moment that I'm in its presence? Um, Von Hildebrand in his great book, Liturgy and Personality, speaks of this principle of continuity. You know, how many of us have experienced the delight, maybe as you've heard the Word of God with us here tonight or heard some of Stephanie's reflections, and we desire that this really color in the way we look at the whole world. So I'm more challenged by cultivating the habits, if you will, the habits of holiness, the habits of a right perspective in the way I look at you, at our children, at the world around me? Like, do I have God's vision in looking at the world? And the answer is, most of the time, it's a mixed bag. And I'm sure that's the case mm -hmm. with others. But what a gift, though, to look at this year and say, what if? What if I could take greater steps at cultivating uh, a living um, gospel view, a living experienced gospel view at everything around me, such that I don't experience so easily, if you will, the anguish, the disappointment, the existential angst that are the result of not cherishing the Holy Spirit in my soul. Um, so anyways, with that said, as we're coming in for a landing, folks, so blessed that you're with us. Tune into Ignite Radio Live and um, following the readings, we have commitments and then we'll have a closing prayer. So as it says about commitments, family members are encouraged to identify one or more manageable areas they are committed to growing in 
then maybe patience, helping out. It's okay to stick with the same area over time and share your success. Well, I just kind of shared mine. I would like this year and over the duration of this next week to really foster that continuity of um, being in the presence of God when we pray and allowing it to color my mindset, heart set beyond the formal times of prayer, that my life more and more become an attitude and heart of prayer. And I think for mine, I'm going to tie it back to my apology to you. I'd like to really commit this week in particular um, to be more mindful of you and mm. um, the delight in our relationship. And I speak of eyeball to eyeball time with our kids, but mm. I want more eyeball. I want to choose more eyeball to eyeball time with you in conversation and in um, putting you in putting you in your proper place. <laughs> you can, can put taken. me in my place anytime you want. <laughs> but anyway, but just that, you know, we speak often of the change chains of priority, God first, and that personal relationship, spouse second, kids next, and mm, uh, beautiful worlds after that. And sometimes they definitely kind of mingle together and interchange and whatever, but just to, to clearly put you on that second mm, link. Thank you. So I, I love you. Love you too. Why don't you lead us in a closing prayer? In the name of the Father, and the Son, the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. Lord, we thank you for this time together. Um, we lift up all the needs of our families and all those closest to us, all those we promise to pray for. We thank you for the great gift of family, the great gift of community, mm -hmm. the great gift of church, the great gift of your Son. We ask your blessing upon us. Help us to grow more deeply in love with you. Help us to grow in holiness. Mm. Help us to more readily respond to your will. We are grateful for the gift of our baptism, echoing the gospel this coming week. Mm. Um, may we never take that great gift for granted, and we may we always live in, with, and through the sign of the cross, mm. through the intercession of Our Lady, who stood faithfully at the foot of the cross. In the name of the Father, and the Son, Son and, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Folks, so thankful that you joined us on this great journey. Again, here in the 10th year of Greg, Stephanie, and family being here in the Toledo area and maybe eight years of this radio program, check out all the great episodes at IgniteRadioLive.com. Find the Live It Gathering Guide in the community, the support, the tools at ILoveMyFamily.us. And we warmly welcome your partnership with us. Please pray about sponsoring us uh, as low as $5 and some is as much as $1,000, $2,000 a month. Um, we are in need of your support. And you can kind of see where we're at in terms of our funding this year. Again, by again, going to ILoveMyFamily.us and clicking on that partner tab. God bless you. Until next time. God bless you. Love is here. Love is here.